The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Paul Taylor Vogelzang. Uh, He is the host of a podcast called The Not Old Better Show. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks, Jordan. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Let's just start with your long history as well, uh, before we get into the details of it and kind of how you got to where you are today. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, thanks again. I I do really appreciate it. This is going to be a a lot of fun, and I'll start with kind of the fun parts. I uh, My family guy moved here uh, to the Washington, D.C. area about uh, 15 years ago. I started working for the Treasury Department at a time when the Treasury Department really needed to understand kind of its customers. If you can imagine, there's never before been a time when when the Treasury Department even considered themselves as having customers. And we began learning about our customers online, learning about their behaviors, learning about what they were interested in investing in, learning about how they invested, whether or not they had a tolerance for some of the more risky products that were kind of out there. We started just really paying a lot of attention and we expanded our website presence to build an online auction site. And uh, we began doing promotion of that online auction site on AARP's website in the uh, fixed income securities section. And that led to a whole awareness on my part about um, kind of this area of using online communications and using chat and using some of the forms of um, the web that we know today as, as social media, but really weren't known as that then, to kind of communicate with this, this growing, uh, burgeoning population online. And I, uh, I then decided that I would uh, start a podcast. I started a podcast with my wife that became very popular. And, uh, and then about three years ago, um, after the podcast with my wife kind of uh, went a little bit on hiatus, I started my own podcast called The Not Old Better Show. And... Uh, and I talk about, um, I certainly talk about, uh, you know, being in business for yourself. That's a big area for me. Personally, I'm very interested in, but I talk about technology and culture and literature and grooming, even relationships, all those things. So, uh, so your, main focus, your main focus is people 50 plus and how to thrive in this era where people are working longer and living longer. That's basically your focus. Is that right? That really is my focus because we all know that um, given some of the, uh, you know, financial doldrums that the, the, the country, the world economy has been in over the last 10, 12 years, that there's uh, a need to, um, to kind of continue to work and uh, to maybe, and, and some of the data is supporting this, to maybe even pursue something that you're passionate about doing. And so in that way, I've kind of wrapped that together into my show and uh, and want to talk to people about what they uh, really enjoy doing and what they're going to do for their kind of second or third act. So let, let's take a kind of a, a high-end view of this whole situation. We have 
was it 72 million or something like that, baby boomers, which is what you're talking about, really, people 50-plus at this point. That's right. Uh, who are moving into retirement, or at least retirement age, I think 10,000 a month, 10,000 a day hurt, hit uh, 65, something like that. Um, are most of them in pretty good shape and well prepared for retirement, and most of them not? Or kind of what is the overall situation? This is probably the largest generation to hit retirement ever in American history. What, what is your kind of overall evaluation of their preparation uh, for these retiring years? And I, and I think it really does depend on kind of the the specific age band that you're talking about. So the 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 seventy to eighty year old band. They might be a little bit more prepared than the 50 to 64 band or 55 to 64 band. And, and that is reflected. I think there's a correlation between the number of small businesses that are being started by the people in between those ages, 55 and 64. It's the highest it's ever been. Uh, it's 24.3%. And, and that percentage is higher than any other specific demographic. So I think not only are that, that age group's probably not quite as prepared as, as maybe they, they feel they should be. They're looking for that passion and expression of what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. And they're starting businesses around those, those passions, not only to supplement income, because they, they do realize they have to work, but also to do something that uh, is really going to be enjoyable for them. Now, in many, many cases, those people had jobs. They worked for other employers and they were trained in college to become employees and be loyal employees and so on. How do they make that shift from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and a business owner when they never might have done it before? I think, I think that is the $64,000 question, the 64 age question. I think you really do need to stop and evaluate a little bit. You need to think about, look, can I, can I even do this? Can I, can I, can I analyze myself enough to really understand my strengths and weaknesses and then match those skills up with something that I love and overcome some of the natural risks that are inherent in starting any small business and, and, and entrepreneurship. So I think you know, there's, there's some self-analysis that needs to go on. Uh, I think there's some real financial components that really need to be considered. You, you need to not only look at your own finances, but the finances that you might get from your community. And that community could involve a bank. It could involve a, a micro lending facility. It could involve uh, an online angel community. It could involve family. But there's money that's going to go into the business. And then there's money that's going to go into your own ability to sustain yourself after you start the business. And those financial components are really important to kind of consider. You now, need do you do offer some, uh, some resources? Your website is notoldbetter.com. Do you offer some resources there to help people figure out if a uh, launch into entrepreneurship is right for them? I really give them a, a chance to kind of find that information out uh, from the various guests that are, are on the show. For example, um, uh, you've been on the show, Jordan, and, and I, that was a very popular show. And I think that's also a good indication of what my audience is after. They, and I think, I think, Again, some of the metrics, Gallup did a poll recently that says that about 35% of the over age 60 population that wants to start a business are very committed to doing their own self-education and online learning in order to better understand kind of how they might face some of those risks. And I think the fact that the popularity of uh, of, of our 
interview Jordan online. I think the popularity of the, of the general subject online. My role really has been to kind of present guests that are, they're going to give my listeners the chance to evaluate it for themselves. And, and it's not necessarily a left-leaning approach. It's not necessarily a right-leaning approach. It's got to be the, the approach that works for them. And so exposing them to a number of different guests that are going to give them an opportunity to find out where they kind of stand in between that left and right kind of area is the best way I've found to offer some solutions to my audience. So in addition to listening to your podcast, what are some resources that might help people make a leap that they have not done before? Should they go to a business coach? Are there universities that offer entrepreneurship courses, online courses? What are some resources that can help people make a shift that many people have never done before from working for somebody to being the boss and owning the business yourself? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because I do live in just kind of the general vicinity, but I, I do think um, state and local and federal government resources are among the very best. And I think if you, if you go to the Small Business Administration website, for example, and you search based on your state and drill down a little further by zip code, you can find not only market research information, but you can find the SCORE Business Mentorship, the SCORE, uh, the acronym for the, um, uh, the Society of Retired Executives. You can find um, uh, within the SBA, you can find export assistance. If you're a veteran, you can find tons of information about how to start a business within the SBA uh, if you fall into that particular category. And, and once you make contact with a business mentor like someone from SCORE, they're then able to identify a whole range of support uh, programs, uh, individuals, networks that you can tap into further that are going to give you a sense as to what your business opportunity might be in your particular area. Or even even if you're interested in doing something international, they're going to be able to expose you to some of those areas because they can then tap into, the SCORE representatives can tap into an even larger network that they have within SBA Washington, D.C., and then reach out to uh, State Department and others who might know of import-export uh, opportunities. Is it always a good idea when you go into an entrepreneurial venture as a 50-plus person to build on what you've done in your career, be in the same field, the same expertise, same contacts, or can it sometime work out to do something completely different, completely unrelated to what you've built over the last 30 years or so? I would say yes to both of those. I, I think... I think absolutely to build on what you've done is is crucial, but you can take that and almost expand it. So if you uh, are educated as a uh, an accountant or uh, you know, a finance manager, that will only help you in managing the funds of your own small business. And then you might you might find something that you really enjoy doing, and you can use those skills that you learned elsewhere from a from a professional career for, um, for for many years and apply those same kinds of skills to your professional interests now and be able to almost leverage it. I think what the data show is that that many of these, and the Small Business Association refers to these people as the encore entrepreneurs, many of these encore entrepreneurs, both um, men and women, are, they're interested in trying some, maybe, maybe a green business because they have a passion for the environment. Maybe they're interested in 
helping out at a local museum, being a docent, and, and that might serve as a possible business. Maybe some of them are interested in working in a franchise business. Prior experience with accounting, with finance, with marketing, with uh, human resources, all of that can apply to your starting a business, and often it really is a, is a wonderful place to kind of jump off. In other words, you've learned this, you can kind of brush up on those skills, but then you can apply that to the next business opportunity that you're interested in. You're saying though, that the, the common thread, no matter what it be, is that you have a passion for it, something you really want to do, because this is something you're choosing, not something that's being given to you. You really should want to do it, whether it's completely new or building off your past. Is that correct? I think so. I, and, and what you see really, again, from um, organizations like AERP and SBA and, and even some of the, um, uh, the, the polling from Gallup, for example, very few, uh, as a matter of fact, what Gallup says is, is approximately 10% of businesses started by those over the age of 55 are started with the idea that they've got a new product or service that solves some problem or meets some you know, kind of unfulfilled need in the market. You know, they're not necessarily the true entrepreneur that's going to scale and that's going to make that huge, immense growth potential that that maybe a uh, uh, you know a, a, a venture capitalist might be interested in. More, more of the encore entrepreneurs are starting out businesses because they really want to be uh, they want to be doing something that is um, that they're passionate about. Less so is this idea that they want to increase their income, but but not much. But then less so even more is this idea that, hey, look, I've got the next, you know, the next greatest mousetrap and I'm going to go ahead and invent it. There are those out there, but yeah, it's that's more the about majority, passion. minority of them. Yes. Yep. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Paul Vogelzang. He is the host of the Not Old Better Show, which is a national podcast. His website is notoldbetter.com. He's an expert on those over age 50, particularly going into business. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Paul Vogelzang. He is the host of a podcast called The Not Old Better Show, uh, which talks about people 50-plus going into businesses and kind of going to the second parts of their lives. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thanks, Jordan. So tell me what that means, not old, better. What, what do you mean by that? So not old, better really is an aspirational kind of uh, notion. It's, it's this idea that, in fact, um, because we're just getting older with this, 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 this age, this number, we still can do things in ways that um, might be even better than ever before. We're wiser. We certainly can um, uh, use that maturity to apply it to a situation that might not be as, you know, emotionally laden. We can enjoy maybe family a little bit differently. We can become um, a little bit more tolerant. And, and that lends itself very nicely to understand a little bit more about what our passions are. And so the idea behind that all better is to, is to basically say, how, how do we improve ourselves through this second and third act of our lives so that we're doing things in ways that really are meaningful for us. So better is really a, is about getting someplace. It's not being there immediately. It's about getting. So how much age discrimination is there today for people over age 50? I mean, the baby boom generation has kind of run the, the society for a long time when they were born after the war. And then when they grew, they overcrowded the schools and they overcrowded the colleges and then the, the workplace, and now they're starting to fill up retirement homes. I mean, they've been the driving force in society you know, for the last 50-plus years. Um, is there still a lot of age discrimination against them, uh, not only in the workplace, but in media and Hollywood? And just, just is, is that a, 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 a misconception, or is there still a lot of age discrimination out there? No, I, I think there, there is an awful lot of age discrimination. And I think some of it really is this uh, almost misunderstanding. And it's kind of some of the basis for what, we, what I like to talk about with the Not All Better Show, and that is that, that if, there's a, if there's a difference between um, millennials uh, and, and the, the boomers, then maybe there are ways to look at both of those two age cohorts and have them kind of do what they're best at so that you're really getting the best possible overall outcome. So maybe there's some, there's some just some basic misunderstandings. However, there's no doubt that uh, wrongful terminations due to aging are, are on the increase. You look at particular industries and you mentioned one Hollywood, certainly, you know, there is a, there is a, a, a beauty index. Absolutely. That the youth is, is more desired, but in the technology sector, for example, there's a high degree of um, uh, wrongful terminations because there is, again, this perception, whether it's uh, accurate or not, that, that as we get a little older, we certainly don't understand things like Snapchat. We don't understand things like Twitter. We might not understand how to put together, uh, you know, an app that would work on a mobile device. And, and, and I'm here to say that that really isn't the case. As a matter of fact, many in the 50-plus generation are staying more current than, than ever before. So how does that get translated into the workplace? I think you have to constantly be uh, a part of training opportunities within your workplace. You have to make sure and, and uh, stay abreast of the, 
uh, of kind of some of the changes that are coming. And I think those changes also affect the way we kind of portray ourselves uh, on the exterior, too. I think we need to kind of maybe dress the part a little bit more. And I've talked a lot about that on my show, that this idea of grooming is important, too. But, but yeah, there is a but lot of... by that, of, you mean dressing younger? Or what do you mean by grooming and dressing? Should I think it's, yeah, there, I think... Dressing younger is certainly a way to put it. Maybe being more hip is another way to put it. I, I guess I would prefer just making sure to wear clothes that are representative of um, the workplace that you are in today in 2017 as opposed to the workplace that you might have been in in 1995. And so if that means update your wardrobe a little bit with uh, uh, with 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 clothes that give uh, a little bit different silhouette or that have some more colors to them that might represent a little bit more of a youthful kind of charge. Wear some things that are not not out there in terms of, you, know, you don't want to look like a 17-year-old, but you also don't want to look like you've got orthopedic shoes on. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be flip, but you don't, you don't want to look like you've got just this real retirement look, you know, pasted on your body either. Yeah. Now, if you've been subject to age discrimination, say explicitly you were fired and you think you were doing a fine job and you think it was age discrimination, does it make sense to fight and to have a lawsuit and make a big deal out of it? Or is it better? Because maybe if you do that, uh, you'll never get another job again. How should you deal with it when you are the subject of age discrimination? It's a really complicated area because... Employers don't want the specter of age discrimination on them, so they go to great lengths to um, offer uh, outplacement services and some of the, the kind of job training that might lead you to your next uh, opportunity. Or maybe they're going to give you a severance package, and you sign those severance packages, and then you give up your right to um, join a... Uh, uh, what might be considered a, uh, you know, a suit against the employee ba- employer based on your own individual merits or uh, kind of a class action suit. Now, there are class, I mentioned the technology uh, sector, there are a number of class action suits uh, currently underway against the technology sector for some pretty significant evidence behind, you know, once you kind of cross that, that 50 age band, male or female, you're really on your way out. And, and the technology industry has, for a few years, kind of almost looked at that and, and, and almost, you know, winked at it and said, well, I mean, maybe, but here's why we're doing it, you know, because they don't know, they don't understand, they, don't, they can't figure out the mobile technology. And so I think it does come back to this idea that you do need to stay well-trained. Now, staying well-trained also gives you a leg up in any kind of action that you bring against uh, an employer. For example, if you, even in the negotiations, I mean, the severance package, even though it might be rather cookie cutter, it's still subject to negotiation. The better trained you are, the more able you are to give examples of how you have stayed current, remained uh, very effective, uh, almost look at some, some metrics in terms of your job. In other words, I was able to in- increase participation on this particular activity over this period of time. Some of those things really can lend themselves very, very positively to any kind of settlement, whether that's a settlement, you know, on a grand scale or whether that's just very individual to yourself. Yeah. Now, uh, in, in, if people lose a job and they're kind of desperate, they can be open to scams as well. What are some of the scams out there aiming at people looking to get kind of second career jobs 
uh, that people have to be careful about? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, and and I, I really, um, I, and I, I, so you, you and I have talked about, you know, kind of what I try to do with my show and, and, and uh, the, the interviews that I'm able to get are, are wonderful because they really do give a sense of kind of what's going on out there in, the, in kind of the real world. I've also really um, appreciated the fact that um, if I can get out there and find out a little bit about what's going on just on a very real, almost one-to-one basis, then, then, I, then I know even more. And here, here's how that relates. Um, online businesses are among the um, uh, most popular uh, business ideas right now and most well suited to retirees that are interested in, you know, kind of working from home or harnessing the power of the internet and maybe selling a product. And as a result of that kind of almost uh, furor over, over uh, you know, excitement over those kinds of businesses, there are an awful lot of organizations that are out there drumming up um, training opportunities for really anybody to attend however you can tell very very quickly that they're they're marketed directly at the 55 uh, age population and I attended one recently uh, a large online uh, uh, you know organization um, not uh, contracted with this uh, other sub organization to give the training but nonetheless the sub organization was offering all of this training material on how to do a better job of literally conducting your business online and you paid them an awful lot of money. And they're, they're almost these, these organizations that are doing the training, they're almost preying upon some of the seniors fears. Um, maybe some so of you the, didn't, didn't find it helpful then it was not worth the money. I, I did not. It was expensive. As I looked around the auditorium of those in attendance, it was very clearly, you know, kind of my age group, the post-50 age group. And so you can tell that it's that population that's being kind of lured into these. And I don't see those opportunities as being as real as they were presented, certainly. How much was it? May I ask? How much was it? Yeah, it was $24.95 for the course. However, if you signed up that day... You could get it for much less. I think you could get it for like $1,200. But there were a number of add-ons that then you purchased. And then on top of that, you're actually giving this particular organization, I've seen others that are just like it, you're giving them a percentage of your of your sales too. So, wow. But yeah. And so I think, I think we all have to, uh, you know, I, I think we just have to kind of expose this for, for what it is there. There is an online gold rush going on, absolutely. But I think as we get older, we do need to not discount our own kind of due diligence and understanding what some of these business opportunities really do represent. So you're saying instead of doing those kind of things, you'd be better to go to SCORE or Small Business Administration or local community colleges or network in your existing network as opposed to kind of doing something like that as far as ending up figuring out your next direction? You know, I really think that you do both. Uh, And so I think the the great step to take is go to some of these events and see for yourself if it's something that, you know, if you just kind of, you scratch the surface of it and you just kind of, boy, it kind of makes my skin crawl. Or you look around the room and you see some glazed looks and you kind of hear a little bit of the charlatans kind of spiel going on. Then, then you know, kind of from a face-to-face uh, kind of experience, that that maybe that's not quite right. But if you still have your own questions, then go to score and and maybe go to the Better Business Bureau and go to more some of these more established uh, offline, if you will, 
organizations and get some coaching. Find out, hey, have you heard anything about this particular type of online training that I would be paying for? Do you think that's worth it? Or or does the government do something similar? Because then then what I did immediately is I came back and 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 certainly the government offers the SBA in particular offers many online training classes that give you almost the same degree of training that you can get. It might be a little bit more dated. Maybe it's not quite as, but maybe that dating might give you a little bit more pause and you might then decide, look, I want to look into this further. And then you go and you talk to a few more of the, uh, the resources that are out there. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Paul Vogelzang. Uh, he is the host of a podcast called The Not Old Better Show, which specializes in helping people 50-plus kind of look at the next direction of their lives, what businesses, what careers they want to get into. And you can find out more at his website, notoldbetter.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Paul Vogelzang. He is the host of the Not Old Better Show, which is a podcast aimed at people 50-plus trying to figure out their next career decisions. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thanks, Jordan. So let's go to some specific kinds of businesses that are appropriate for the 55-plus uh, age group. Um, and the first one, in general, is online businesses. So there's a lot of things going online. What what kind of online businesses really do make sense and are successful for the 55-plus uh, crowd these days? Well, certainly um, the sales of online products is, uh, you know, as they say, robust and, and, and growing uh, larger every day and more and more people are comfortable in that environment. However, the 55 plus age community isn't always as comfortable with some of that technology. And as a result, um, companies like Amazon will say that there is a high degree of shopping cart abandonment from the 55 plus age community shoppers unless the uh, particular item has a... um, has some kind of a, a, a reference or some kind of a, a, a testimonial behind it or something that kind of explain it. If, if the two are paired, if there's a testimonial for the product and it seems to be related to the 55-plus crowd, then online shopping is something that really makes sense and, and can occur. But there, there are certainly other online opportunities today, 
And one of the biggest ones, which is often maybe viewed as, uh, you know, it's not necessarily as sexy, is online e-commerce and, and uh, you know, selling a product on, on, Amazon, on Amazon, but it's growing in its uh, importance, and that is become a medical claims uh, professional online and handle uh, insurance claims or Medicare claims or um, work on behalf of um, the federal government's uh, uh, You need a lot of expertise in that area, or is that something you can pick up pretty quickly? You can pick that up. It, it helps, of course, to have an understanding of some of the insurance terms, um, to understand some of the medical billing uh, information, but you can learn all that. And then there are uh, free courses that you can, uh, you can take, and I'll, I'll give you um, some URLs that will actually take you to places where you can get some free training um, about working as an independent contractor, as a uh, as a as a medical claims um, professional. So, so there are some really great ways to uh, kind of use some of the online uh, technology to kind of buoy up your your finances. Well, another area is uh, also before you do that, do give give the URLs you were just mentioning if you have them. Yeah, so there's a there's a great website called the Association of Claims Assistant Professionals. It's called ACAP. And ACAP is, uh, uh, has a website called claims.org. It's just that simple, claims, C-L-A-I-M-S.org. And within that um, uh, website, you can do some training. You can talk to uh, other claims adjusters. You can find out about what the opportunities are. You can find out about both online training and then very localized training to give yourself some some experience. So there are a lot of ways to get, um, and then you can kind of meet some of the people who are certified within ACAP uh, at claims.org. And you can ask them some questions too. Again, it's kind of getting back to this idea that, okay, I'm going to find this stuff online. I'm going to do my due diligence online. And then I'm going to go offline to make sure it's exactly what they say it is. And you can find some really great research on um, claims.org. Also in the online world, some people make money by buying things in one place and selling them in another place at a higher price, kind of an arbitrage. Yeah, uh, yeah. On eBay, or you know, the people who are selling things too low a price and they realize the value of it and they're able to turn around and sell it at a higher price. Is that something that's legitimate business for older people? I think so. I think especially, if again, if you have a passion or, and, and when I'm talking about passion here in this instance, I'm talking about a kind of a built-in expertise. So if you if you know everything, so my wife is a is a dancer, and she collects nutcrackers, literally the kind of uh, the nutcrackers that you see in the uh, in the annual ballet, uh, the Nutcracker, and um, and she's really she's an expert now. She's not you know a certified expert, but she knows the pricing just like it's on you know off the back of her hand. She she can tell you the various manufacturers. It's just her passion. She she loves it. And so as a result, she might show up at a flea market or at a yard sale, spot something that might be a real value and say, my gosh, if I can, I know that I just saw that on, on eBay for 20 bucks and here they are and it's in good shape and they're offering it for, for 25 cents. Then I think that's how you want to be passionate. In other words, you really want to know what it is that your kind of product line represents. Don't simply go out and and buy up all of the, um, uh, you know, the flea market, uh, uh, you know, kind of aftermarket uh, products and, and expect to be able to turn those for a big profit. Use your expertise if that's in 
Yeah, if you have a specific area of expertise, yes. Yep, yep. Okay, another area would be working at home. So there's legitimate and illegitimate working at home kinds of things. I mean, licking envelope stamps and things like that is probably not going to make you very much money or stuffing envelopes. But what are some legitimate working at home opportunities that uh, 55 plus people might be able to uh, take advantage of? Well, there's a there's a growing interest in uh, the arts, primarily because um, much of the arts have been kind of outsourced to private education now, as opposed to being within uh, the the domain of, of public education, and so. Um, uh, teaching a musical instrument at your home, doing voice coaching at your home. Now, th- again, that's very specialized, and so not everybody is going to be doing that. But in just that very manner, in that in that kind of narrow niche that's available, your expertise is going to give you an idea about how much you can charge and how much people are be willing to to pay. And and oftentimes um, these private music lessons, uh, certainly in our area of Northern Virginia and uh, kind of the the eastern um, uh, part of the United States are are going for about eighty five dollars an hour, and if you're doing that some out of your home, it can be a very uh, lucrative, enjoyable way to to spend your time. My mother in law is a um, she really is a uh, just a, a brilliant um, seamstress, and so she for years has done she she's offered some tailoring services out of her home uh, because she's just so skilled with a needle and a sewing machine, and so she isn't just doing, you know, buttons or zippers, but she's doing alterations. She does some window treatments. She does some some upholstery. So those are kind of nice ideas that you can take. But then there are the, you literally can be a a financial planner. Um, And certainly uh, the 55 plus uh, age community wants a better handle on their finances going forward. And so this is also an area of just enormous opportunity. And here again, um, uh, you don't have to necessarily have all of that training if you have a high degree of, of passion. And, and here's, an, here's another website for you too, um, Jordan, the Financial Planning Association, FPA, very well known, very highly regarded. Um, they have by zip code uh, places where you can go and get some uh, further training on planning for all life events. And so you really can get an idea of, you know, who's kind of doing it, where they're doing it, how much they're charging, and uh, get an idea of where you might position yourself in the, in that market. There's one specific resource you want to talk about, which is called Flex Jobs. Tell people about that. Yeah, I think Flex Jobs are one of the real kind of interesting areas today because job sharing, uh, this idea of, of having the flexibility to work when you want to, gives you the chance to kind of still pursue some of your passions and still make a little bit of an income. So um, one of the one of the most interesting things about kind of turning 55, kind of getting into this higher age band, is that you just know a lot of people. So invariably, some of the people you might know might make a great business partner. They might make a great uh, a, a colleague that you can share a particular business. You can divide it up in half. You take Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll take Tuesday, Thursday. And we can then flexibly adjust our schedules based on what it, what it is that needs to be done for a 40-hour week, but we're only working 24. Very good. Another area that people look at is franchises, uh, where everything's kind of set up for you. You have to buy into it, but you're paying franchise fees. When does it make sense to buy into a franchise, and when does it not make sense to do so? 
I think here again, franchising is a is a wonderful opportunity, but do what you love. In other words, um, there are a lot of senior care uh, related franchises. If you are the kind of person that has a uh, more of a societal kind of orientation, you want to take care of your quote unquote fellow man, uh, then then maybe those organizations are ideally suited for you because they give you they give you the support of a larger organization behind you, but still let you be the entrepreneur and call your shots. And so for those of us who have worked in, in larger organizations in our professional career, franchising represents a really nice opportunity because it, it might give you the, the accounting package that you need. It might give you the, the, um, all of the, the, the product and the shipping kind of expertise. It might give you some of the marketing kinds of expertise. And then you get to go out and do kind of the selling or actually providing of the service. The, the only um, uh, question that really I think you need to be very mindful about when it comes to financing is just some of the costs. Just be prepared to say to yourself, okay, I really am... Um, I know I'm, I'm buying into an organization. They're going to provide me X. That's worth something to me. I'm willing to pay Y for that. And then I think the other important thing is in franchising, as a very, fairly regulated industry insofar as you, you actually, as you, as you get into the financial prospectus of the, of the franchise agreement, you can actually look more seriously as to who the franchisee has had some successes with and then talk to those people and who may not be uh, quite as successful and then talk to those people and get yourself a real kind of education on what the opportunity truly is for a franchise. I think they're there and I think that uh, franchising represents a great opportunity for, for kind of my age group, but I think you just need to have that, uh, that care. Are there some good resources to pick good franchises? Because uh, there's so many of them these days. Where could people go to kind of evaluate different franchises they might be interested in? Yeah, that, that's a great question, too. Of course, there, the, the franchising community has, um, has trade shows. And you can literally uh, travel not very far from your own home and find out uh, an awful lot of um, information about, about these various uh, specific um, uh, franchise opportunities. So, so for example, one of the big ones in the franchise uh, industry is the the International Franchise Association, and and they kind of curate uh, franchise organizations. In other words, they kind of log who the new opportunities are. So you're always getting kind of an idea of maybe some of the best uh, kind of up and coming uh, you know organizations to be a part of. But there's also a regulatory piece to them so that they're tracking, um, you know, kind of the financial solvency of some of these. And they're kind of giving a little bit of a, of a rating. And, and so it's important to kind of go to the um, uh, International Franchise Association. You can find them online at franchise.org. And literally, you can, you can reach out to them. You can uh, get lots of great information on a national level. But then you can drill down into kind of the very local franchise owners themselves in your area or around your area and then ask some of those specific questions. There Is it are, better to buy an existing franchise that somebody's already up and running or to start a new one where that franchise does not have a local location? I think the one of the, one of the interesting questions that, that a lot of uh, – 
I think retirees tend to ask is how much time do they really want to devote to this endeavor, this next stage of their life? And how much do they really want to have a fuller life, you know, travel or be with their, their significant other or be out there on this idea of, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to support my, my grandchildren. And, you know, and once you kind of make some of those personal decisions, then I think that will help guide you into, you know, I'm a startup guy, I, you know, or I'm a startup you know, gal, I want to go out there and start this franchise from the ground up. Or, you know, I kind of want to come into something that's up and running. I want to maintain it. I want to keep it kind of on a trajectory that's going to offer some growth uh, perspective, but not necessarily start the thing and have all the headaches of just a, a pure start. Oh, not as much of a heavy lift if you're starting a new one. Yes, yes. Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Paul Vogelzang. Uh, he is the host of a podcast called the Not Old Better Show, aimed at helping people 50, 55 plus kind of get to the second stage of their lives and their careers. Uh, his website is uh, notoldbetter.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Paul Vogelzang. He's the host of the, a podcast called The Not Old Better Show. He helps people who are 50, 55 plus to kind of find the new direction in their career, maybe after they've retired. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thanks, Jordan. So we've talked so far about online businesses, working at home businesses, franchises. Uh, what about disruptive driving, as you call it, the kind of Uber and Lyft? That seems to be a very popular thing these days. I think more and more Uber, uh, Lyft, some of these other organizations uh, are really grabbing a, a niche that is, is one of those hard to even say now, uh, you know, I missed it. But in fact, it's a very real opportunity. And I think that, um, that if you want to work some part-time hours, uh, driving and in particular driving, uh, you know, maybe someone who might be homebound, who doesn't have a license, who doesn't have a car, is a really nice way to both give back and then earn. And so Uber and Lyft have real programs. Um, and by real, I'm talking about actual training programs for the 55 plus generation that can learn how to drive, use their car, buy the right insurance, almost set up a little business around their automobile so that they, be, they can become a, um, a, a, a driver for the organization on their timing 
and and based on their own personal kind of commitment to it. And and that that I think is only going to grow, especially as we start to think about how um, there's there's so much need for um, almost getting someone to and from their medical appointments or delivering food to those that, that uh, might be, uh, you know, aging in place and sheltered uh, or, you know, offering a little bit of socialization. All of those things are really positive for the 55 plus community and you're earning a little bit of money too. And also, so in a similar vein, uh, people are renting out their homes and Airbnb and things like that, the kind of old gig economy. A lot of people 55 plus are doing that and earning income. Is that going to be growing as well? I sure think so. I am amazed to see just the, the the displacement, the disintermediation of kind of the more traditional hoteliers that are having to embrace this uh, more uh, kind of flexible way of doing business that, that Airbnb has as part of their ethos. And, and if you want to go into a community and stay for a week or 10 days and really live in a neighborhood, there's almost no better way to do that than, than to either kind of swap houses or to go live in somebody's home within that neighborhood and really be a part of that community. And so I think that is a, is a great way to, um, to kind of uh, experience the local community. And, and there's kind of one more wrinkle to this, too, that's really interesting, I think, Jordan, and that is that, that um, there are a lot of volunteer organizations that are saying to the 55 plus community, look, if you'd like to volunteer your services, whatever that might be, if that's, uh, if that's uh, intellectual labor, great. If that's, uh, you know, some training, great. If that's some manual labor, we'd love to have you. And we can find a, we can find housing for you in our area so that you can come and work for a month or for uh, even, uh, you know, a three month period of time. So it's kind of this, this double opportunity that exists now, both in traveling into a specific area, seeing kind of that culture, but then giving back at the same time. Now, another more traditional way for people who've left a job is to kind of keep working with their old employers, either as a consultant or coach or kind of do elancing. Is, is that a big source of uh, satisfying work for 50 plus people as well? It is. And I think that um, the one really nice thing about the elancing kind of gig economy is that there are so many great support websites that are out there that serve that particular uh uh you know kind of uh, subset so so for example there is an elance.com you can find projects listed there you can find all kinds of and, and by projects i'm not talking about just like hey build me a website you can find writing but, you know, you can write, you find projects that somebody needs a, uh, you know, a, a 500 word essay for their, uh, you know, that the, the they need to be kind of involved with. That's available to do there. There are marketing opportunities, there's graphic design. And then there's, there are websites that are known as um, kind of these flex, uh, you know, kind of opportunities. And there's one that's, that's really good when that, that's very good called flex professionals, where you can sign up. You are a staffing company, uh, basically part of a staffing company. It's, I don't know that it is um, anywhere beyond the Washington, D.C., kind of northern Virginia area right now, but it's called Flex Professionals. And then there is a more national version of that same organization called FlexJobs.com, where you can literally just post your skills and then connect almost with a, uh, a whole host of people who are interested in having you work 
for uh, a short duration period of time. I know many, many people who have worked in these kind of capacities that have ended up with full-time employment even after that. Yeah, very good. Do you expect changes out of Washington now that we have a new administration that's really emphasizing domestic jobs, do, uh, any legal things, any tax changes? What changes do you expect to help people in this whole transition we're talking about here? Well, it's very apparent to me that there is a, you know, all the signs, as they say, are showing that there's a high degree of optimism right now with, you, with small business owners uh, around what potentially is going to come from the Trump administration um, in terms of, uh, you know, health care, in terms of um, one of the biggest issues that, that small businesses face is understanding the federal regulatory environment as it applies to their specific uh, business and then that labyrinth is just tough to sort through. And Trump has already stated that he wants a you know kind of a two for one um, you know regulatory environment, so that if you're going to propose uh, a regulation, you have to eliminate two. <laughs> and I think that gives small businesses more than just a little in- encouragement about about the future of being a small business owner. I think there's potential for lower taxes. I think that um, there's a there's more of an emphasis on the part of some of these larger agencies uh, contracting with small business owners. I think that's not even unclear. I think I think Trump has made a commitment to do that and um, I think that's probably going to happen, and I think small business owners are excited about it. I'm excited to see what comes out of this in terms of uh, small business opportunities. When does it make sense for somebody who's starting a new business to create a separate entity, like a subchapter S or an LLC, as opposed to doing it as a sole proprietorship? Yeah, I, and I would say that that is... Uh, that's probably an individual accountant kind of conversation. I think as you start to expand your, um, you know, your commitment to it, um, you are putting a little bit more at risk. And once you uh, have that risk in place, you need to mitigate it. And mitigating it means protecting it a little bit. And so I think that's what brings the conversation uh, to, to a head about, gee, do I need to have an LLC? Yeah, maybe I do in order to protect myself. Or I need to buy life insurance for myself as a key person within the organization. And in order to do that, I need to be an LLC or I need to be incorporated because I want my heirs to have a, you know, have an asset that they can, they can kind of, and so, so I think those are the kind of questions you want to ask yourself. But I think certainly it hinges on what is your risk and what can you tolerate and how do you want to make sure and mitigate that risk? In about a minute or we still have left, kind of summarize what kind of possibilities there are for people in the second half of life that they might not be aware of. Oh, gosh. You know, I really, I'm somebody who tends to be pretty excited about all that stuff because I think that there are just an awful lot of places that we can turn to to keep ourselves not just busy and engaged, but but doing so in a way that is uh, is exciting. So, for example, um, I, I think that, you know, this second act uh, is well documented. Um, Amazon has a great, an entire section on what they call their second act career section. And so you can find, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me, um, Jordan, you can find these, you know, great jobs for everyone, 50 plus. You can find uh, AARP's written a book about life reimagined, you know, the, 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 the chance to rediscover who you are and life's new possibilities. Um, 
Blogging is another area where you can you can almost just kind of put out a shingle and depending on your audience, you can have somebody like Google advertise on your site and, and have uh, some potential income. Um, Etsy uh, is a wonderful website for those who are interested in arts and crafts and they make it so easy to uh, kind of earn income. And I think the last one that I just want to throw out there to you is this whole idea of nonprofits and volunteering. There's so many wonderful organizations that need the support, the support yeah. and help of this, this community. And so it's there. Very good. Well, very inspiring. Thank you so much. My guest this hour has been Paul Vogelzang. Uh, he is the um, host of a web, a web podcast called The Not Old Better Show, which you can find out more about at notoldbetter.com. He's given us a lot of very, very good ideas to help people who are their 50-plus age kind of see the next chapter of their lives. So thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Paul. Thank you, Jordan. I always love talking to you, and you, you're just one of the, the best resources out there. People can turn to you and find out a lot of great stuff. All right. Thanks very much. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you.